with social media the way it is and hearing a lot of negativity online, I think when you're able to speak about something really important that may be controversial or maybe things that are things that they've maybe had flaws or whatever it is, and when you're able to admit it and talk about it, that's what people relate to. I don't think sports has lost its love here in America at all, by any stretch of the imagination. But I do think that the game day experience, if it's not updated and made more relevant, especially for the younger generation, I think it's going to be difficult for them to compete for their mind share. Welcome to the Sports Business Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Berger. You can find the Sports Business Radio podcast over 14 years, 500 episodes featuring conversations with people like Mark Cuban, David Stern, Jeannie Buss, Charles Barkley, Jack Nicholas, and Kyrie Irving on iTunes or at sportsbusinessradio.com. We're ranked in the top 100 of the business news podcast section on iTunes. Follow us in between podcasts on Twitter at SB Radio. We've been named a top 50 followed by Forbes.com for three consecutive years and on Instagram at Sports Business Radio. Well, thanks for joining us on the show this week. I have two great guests. My first guest is Jamie Messler, the president and co-founder of the Players' Tribune. I have had the opportunity to get to know Jamie through our Sports PR Summit event. We've also done the Sports Business Radio Roadshow from the Players' Tribune the last two years in New York. They are growing something special. She founded the company with Derek Jeter. Looking forward to my conversation with Jamie Messler on our show this week. Also, We'll step into the technology lab with Doug Lauder, our friend from Boingo Wireless, senior VP. What is 5G? How is 5G going to allow all sports fans to enjoy faster connectivity, uh, broader experiences when they go to sporting events? We've got things like VR goggles and other things coming. You need a lot more connectivity and capacity. So we're going to get into some of the sports technologies that are coming down the road with Doug Lauder from Boingo. The Players' Tribune is a new media company that provides athletes with a platform to connect directly with their fans in their own words. Co-founded with Derek Jeter and Jamie Messler, the Players' Tribune publishes first-person stories from athletes, providing unique insight into the daily sports conversation. Through impactful and powerful long- and short-form stories, video series, and podcasts, the Players' Tribune brings fans closer than ever to the game they love. The Players' Tribune launched a global arm earlier this year and now has offices in New York City and Los Angeles. The Players' Tribune is our host and presenting partner of the upcoming Sports PR Summit on May 22nd in New York City. It's a partnership that I've thoroughly enjoyed for the past three years, and I'm looking forward to our event on May 22nd. My guest is Jamie Messler. She is the president and co-founder of the Players Tribune. You can follow her on Twitter at Jay Messler and you can follow the Players Tribune on Twitter at Players Tribune. Jamie, thanks so much for joining me on Sports Business Radio. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's nice to to be on your podcast and to chat. Yes, this is long overdue. I know Gary's been on with me before, but uh, I've wanted to have you join me. You are the co-founder of the Players Tribune. At what point did you and Derek start discussing this idea? Because you worked for Excel, he was a client. When did you guys sit down for the first time and say, you know, here's the concept and here's why this might work? You know, we started connecting on it probably, I don't know, six or seven years ago and really thinking about where things were with social media, which is funny because Derek was never a big, and still isn't, a big um part of social media, right? but thinking about, you know, where, especially being in New York for so many years, I think he felt like the trust between the media and athletes was just becoming more and more fractured. And as we were talking about that and then talking about social media and thinking about how for the first time athletes have been able to connect directly with their fans, what would it be like if we created a platform where really athletes can speak on anything and and know that their words wouldn't be twisted. And I think it really evolved from being like having these conversations and thinking about how little people knew about Derek being in New York for so many years and not really speaking all that much. So you knew that Derek was going to be retiring at some point soon. Then that date gets put on the calendar. And then that became the date where you wanted to launch Players' Tribune, right? Because you knew like there was going to be all this media attention around Derek retiring. How did you 
build up to that point, knowing you had so much to do to make this event a rea- or this uh, platform a reality by the time he retired? Yeah, it was like, well, once once I knew he was going to retire, it was, we definitely had the go big or go home moment because I think we both were passionate about it. And to your point, it was like, let's maximize the time you're going to have to speak to media and use it as an opportunity to to launch this great concept. And so he announced his retirement that he was going to that this was going to be his last season on Facebook, writing a message and a letter. And I think it was it was the first time I think he really actually opened up that much, and he was able to do it. And it was a way to kind of foreshadow what we were doing with the Players Tribune. And so once he posted that on Facebook, I went into action and really started meeting with everyone. We met with a ton of VCs. Um, I mean, we met with, when we were meeting with more of the VCs, everyone would be like, so you're building a company that's 100% reliant on athlete contributions. Good luck with that. I don't <laughs> think anyone thought that, that that would be successful. But we ended up meeting Thomas Toll, who actually Derek had known for quite a while. He did the movie. He was the chairman at Legendary Entertainment and produced the movie um, 42. And he completely got it from the minute we met with him and talked with him about it. And he became our seed investor and helped us really launch the company. And so he he committed to us in April. Um, I guess it was four years ago. And we were a company June 1st, four years ago, and, and launched then. We had three months to get up and running. And, and we did with Derek's letter that went up the day after his last game. Now, the other thing you did is you went out and got Kobe Bryant, Kevin Durant, Russell Wilson, Danica Patrick, and other athletes to invest in the Players' Tribune. They all have their own social media platforms. They have lots of choices for where they could tell their story. How did you convince them that this is the place that you want to invest in? Well, I think for us, it's like we're not replacing those mediums, social media, media, et cetera. It's really about giving athletes the tools at the highest level to create content beyond what you would see on Twitter or with your own social media and be able to create content and be the producer. So whether it's photography or video or just the written word and and the editors, we've comprised a team of the, you know, the best of the best that are really likable um, and help give athletes those tools and talking with people like, Kobe and Danica and and others, it was about how do we disrupt this to the traditional media and how do we give athletes the opportunity to really have their voice and, and, and know that everything they said is what they meant to say. And it's really more about that concept mixed with being disruptive and being really the toolbox for athletes to produce and own their own content. We'll talk about some of your specific content in a minute, but I want to go back to you personally. So you worked at XL for 18 years. You're a strong woman in an industry of a lot of men. How did you muster up the courage after 18 years at XL to say, this is my next step and I've got to go convince people this is a good idea. I've got to ask people for money. Like that's That takes a lot of courage, Jamie. That's why it took 18 years. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it took, it, it's crazy how long actually it did take. But, you know, it is, it's interesting. I speak a lot to women and in the industry, it's, I'm glad to see there are more women involved. When I first started, there certainly weren't a lot. Um, and it's definitely a traditionally male-dominated industry, and I think, Hopefully, it's just starting to get better and better. More women are finding their voice and more women like me that have been in the business for a long time. We always talk about sending the elevator down and really trying to be a mentor to people. And hopefully that's helpful. Um, but it was it was one of those things where I think because I was at an agency for so many years and as the agency was getting bigger and it, it definitely was a great experience. And I've worked with so many great people and great athletes. And that's where... You know, because I worked with so many athletes for 18 years, I really got to know them. And my whole, my background is built on trust and relationships. And that's what Derek embodies. And I think together, that's exactly what we needed to create a platform like this, which is also built on trust. 
And I just think, I, you know, it's time to start a new chapter. And when you have a partner like Derek, when someone like him believes in a, in a project like this, I don't think you can look back. I mean, he really is the epitome of an incredible partner and someone that you want to take. It's not really taking a big chance. So he is now running the Miami Marlins, which I'm assuming has put more responsibility back on your plate because he doesn't have as much time on his schedule. Is he still able to attend pitches with you or make phone calls or use his name and, and obviously relationships to the benefit of the Players' Tribune? Or is that fallen a lot on you because he's off running the Marlins? Yeah, no, we, I mean, we still speak all the time. He's very involved in the Players' Tribune. He clearly has a full-time job with running the Marlins, and that there's no no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But um, but to be honest with you, we we scaled the business a lot in the last four years. We now have almost 100 employees. We hired our first CEO last year, and there's a lot more resources at the company. And so while Derek's still very involved, it's more about like when we need him to be involved in terms of new business or even just like from an athlete perspective, it's always going to be crucial to make sure that the athlete's point of view is first and foremost. And, and he's, we, we speak all the time about stuff like that. All right, let's dig into some of the stories and the process with the Players' Tribune. If I'm an athlete and I say, I want to tell my story on the Players' Tribune, let's say through a, a written piece, do I contact someone at the Players' Tribune, an editor? How does that process unfold so that you're capturing my voice and my story in the best way possible? Then it gets translated to the audience of the Players' Tribune. Yeah, I mean, I think we've created a system where we it's, it's usually pretty easy to get in touch with us and vice versa. We have a great relationship with different athletes and and agents, et cetera. And so when, when an athlete has something to say, we'll usually pair them with an editor, someone that we think makes a lot of sense, whether it's personality wise or, or the focus of their sport that they, that they know and, and, and where the athlete plays. And we usually just put them together and, and through that conversation and relationships develop, you know, usually there's a conversation and, and the editors is, is, will do it exactly what they should do, which is edit the piece. They'll transcribe it, transcribe the conversation, edit the piece, and it goes back and forth um, until the athlete has, you know, is comfortable with everything that's that's on the page. What are the most read stories or seen stories on the players' tribune? My my guess would be Kobe's retirement announcement, Kevin Durant announcing he's going to Golden State. Are there others that have really resonated? with fans who have read the pieces on the Players' Tribune. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's interesting because I, I th- think one of the more interesting things is that some of our most successful stories aren't the biggest names. We have like three or four of the top 20 stories are hockey players. Um, John Scott is one of our top 10 stories. Yeah. He, he wrote an incredible story when he ended up playing in the All-Star game. And you remember he came to... Right, to Sports our, PR Summit, event. yeah. Um, yep. He's great. Um, that's a top five story, actually. Wow. Um, Kevin Love, what he just did the yep, the mental health incredible. Yeah, that was that one did incredibly well. Patrick O'Sullivan, also a hockey player, um, wrote a really remarkable piece um, called Black and Blue. Russell Wilson, um, Ray Allen did a letter to my younger self that did so well. Part of what I think is so interesting is the engagement. So, like, Ray Allen's piece, I remember, our average time on page is around seven minutes, which is incredibly That high. is incredible. Ray Allen, yeah, Ray Allen's piece was over nine minutes average time on page. Wow. Wow. The other thing you guys have done so well is the branded and sponsored content. So you've made deals with companies like Budweiser, American Family Insurance. Jamie, so many companies are trying to figure out the solution to that riddle right now. How have you guys figured that out? Well, for me, it was always like part of what I did when I was at Excel was, was try to help navigate the landscape in terms of creating partnerships between brands and athletes. And I think that over the last five, five or so years, a lot of companies marketing budgets have gone down and their digital dollars and budgets have gone up. And so 
for us as a patient, how do we take those brands that are spending a lot of money in sports, and a lot of those dollars do become more transactional through sponsorship and signage and one-off maybe endorsements. I don't think you're seeing as many endorsements, but endorsements sometimes don't always feel as authentic as they can be. And I think the Players Tribune has a really good opportunity to take brands that are spending money in sports and amplify that spend by connecting them to athletes through authentic storytelling. And so a lot of what we do, and we've done it with with Samsung, for example, last year, Richard Sherman had um, a weekly series called Out of Context. And basically we outfitted his car and his house with Samsung devices. He had Samsung with him throughout the day. And so he would capture content, share when he had something to say, and it would go straight to our editors in New York. And together we put together a series that was presented by Samsung. It was very authentic the way it was integrated. Um, so those are good examples. American Family Insurance has also been an incredible partner for us, and we've probably connected them to over 30 athletes through the content that we've that we've done, including this series called First Step um, that Jerry Stackhouse hosted, and we did stories with like Brandon Marshall talking about mental health, and Maya Moore did a story with us with with AFI. We did a piece with them even with Michael Phelps, Danica Patrick, and others um, called Stand Up. So it's just been a really, I think it's a great opportunity for brands to to be able to take their digital spend and make it more valuable and get more value out of it. Yeah, and it's great content for them to push out on their own social platforms. I saw you guys did a deal recently with uh, Sharpie. So, you know, you, you seem to be finding the right partners. You're matching them with the right athletes. You're developing the right content. Well done, because uh, it's not as easy as you guys make it look. Video is still a core competency and focus for TPT as well. I saw you guys announce some partnerships recently at the upfronts with Twitter. What about those live videos and then also uh, you know, the series-long videos? How are those going to shape out over the future? Yeah, I mean, I think video, obviously video is a huge part of of the platform and also our strategy moving forward. Um, this past year, we did a docu-series with Isaiah Thomas that actually just won a Webby Award. It was great. So, yeah, it was super. And that was a really good way to showcase how we can do a docu-series type of, of format, but in our voice, in our way. I mean, we were there with him when Danny Ainge called him when he was traded from the... That office. was a remarkable, remarkable moment. The fact that you guys were able to capture his reaction in that moment... Incredible. He has a close friend, TJ, who's a great producer, who's worked with us. Um, And I think that's part of it is like really working with people that the athletes are comfortable with, that that they'll be really comfortable having with them in those moments. Um, So that was that was a really great video series for us. And then, you know, really thinking about how do we develop some of the stories that are on the site and find appropriate formats for them. So, for example, we did a letter to my younger self a couple of years ago with Vernon Turner um, that did incredibly well. It's a great story. It's it's, um, a tearjerker, but it's really, really good. And when I first read that story, I called Vernon and he came to New York and he's awesome. Um, But we ended up working with him and hiring a screenwriter who finished the screenplay and it's awesome. So we're excited to develop that into a feature film, but also just focusing on what format makes sense for some of these incredible stories, whether it's scripted, unscripted, docuseries, you know, that's something. And also just working with athletes to develop content that they're excited about. Yeah, and I saw uh, Verified is your show with Twitter, and you did some stuff around the NFL draft, and and that was great, whether it's a a quick Q&A or just some live video that's good. So let me ask you this. When you and your team are sitting around and someone comes to you, an athlete or an agent, and says, we want to do a story on the Players' Tribune, what are the elements that you need to see in order for that story to be told on your platform? Because I'm assuming you're not saying yes to every single athlete who comes and asks if they can be on the Players' Tribune. Um, you know, I think we we've we're trying to, as we diversify our content, have an opportunity for athletes to be able to do something at any time, but it's an evolution as we, 
as we grow the company and figure out, um, you know, and also start to have more of an editorial calendar. And I think that's something that we continue to do as we scale. So ideally, there's always going to be an opportunity to share. It may not always be a long form editorial piece. It depends on what, you know, on what the interests are. But hopefully there is an opportunity to share and video is a great way um, to do that. And I know you guys do podcasting, too. I've listened many times to CC Sabathia's podcast. I know you have some others as well. I can tell you from podcasting myself, it's a platform that is growing. Uh, sponsors are spending more. They're seeing it as a, as a real form of audio instead of uh, only radio as an audio form. So uh, I think that's great, too, that you guys are doing podcasting. Yeah, it's, listen, it's a, we're, we're very excited about podcasting and, and excited about expanding that part of the business. I think it's a great way for storytelling and that's something that we're driven by. So how do we use pod, the podcast, um, to really elevate the storytelling? We just did one with David Ortiz and like an oral history. Um, and we're focused on how do we continue to grow that part of the business, but do it with the lens where like sports is the prism, but it's really about the stories that are existing within. I want you to go back to, uh, this would probably be painful for Derek, but if you go back to the epic Yankees-Red Sox playoff series from a few years ago when the Red Sox were down and they came back, it would be so interesting to hear that series through Derek's words and through David Ortiz's words and just, you know, the shift of momentum and the bloody sock game. And, and there were so many amazing elements of that series. That'd be kind of fun. What do you think? I'll have to pitch that in the next, in the next. <laughs> yeah. I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm yeah, that's right. I'm sure I'll Derek, would, he I'm sure Derek <laughs> would love to relive that. Um, you guys recently launched a global arm of the Players Tribune. Tell us more about that. And, and you know, at some point, are, do you envision having arms of the Players Tribune all over the world? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we've learned that, firstly, the athletes in, in Europe have just as much of a need to have an authentic voice and a place in which to share um, and we've worked really closely with Gerard PK from FC Barcelona, who is an awesome partner, and he's really helping us scale the business globally. Um, there's a network of like 40 or 50 athletes that are working with us, and we're really launching closer to the World Cup. But we started sharing stories. Gerard has a series called PK Plus that he's done with like Neymar and Messi. Um, and it's been exciting. I think we have a lot of pieces coming up around the World Cup, and you know, I think that absolutely, like, you know, Danny Alves has been working with us really closely. He's from Brazil. And there's so many great, he has an, an amazing story. And so we're just trying to figure out how do we continue to grow globally. And, and that's definitely a priority in the next year. The other thing I love about the Players Tribune, and we touched on this earlier, is that you're not afraid to put stories out there that have a, a political slash social slant to them, whether it's, uh, you know, I saw the Pau Gasol story today talking about Becky Hammond and the NBA is ready for a, a female head basketball coach. We talked earlier about Kevin Love's piece on mental health, and I know you've had NHL players talk about their struggles with mental health. I just think it's really you've started a conversation in a number of different areas that needed to be started, and that's got to be something that makes you proud. Absolutely. I mean, I think to me that's almost one of the most important parts because there's never been more, there's never been a more important time to have a voice and to be able to really speak um, openly and authentically. And I, I really, I love the piece today that Pau did. It's amazing. Um, and just, you know, whether Carl Anthony Towns did a piece after Charlottesville, um, trying to think of a few others, but it's been awesome. Brianna Stewart did a piece um, around the Me Too movement, which right. was, very powerful. Incredibly powerful, yeah. So, yeah, that's something that I hope that it becomes helpful. I mean, Daniel Carcillo, I'm just thinking back from even early days when he was talking about his friend Steve Monador, who had committed suicide um, after he was, you know, after he was let go from his career in the NHL. And I think it's just been a great platform for athletes, whether it's 
and Larry Sanders and thinking who was talking after le- walking away from the NBA. And I remember talking to him about how cathartic it was to be able to just say what you wanted to say and not worry about, you know, the headlines that and what other people were saying. And I think part of that is also, you know, with social media the way it is and hearing a lot of negativity online, I think when you're able to speak about something really important when when they know when when it makes people more relatable and athletes more relatable when they're able to talk about things that may be controversial or maybe things that that are things that they've maybe had flaws or whatever it is and when you're able to admit it and talk about it that's what people relate to everyone has flaws and i think people having a place to talk about that makes it easier for them the other thing too that i really see as uh an asset for the players tribune is on social media, it, it tends to be the soundbite, right? You have 180 characters on Twitter, on Facebook. You really can't go into anything too in-depth. And what you guys do is, like you said earlier, you have your editors, you have your people there who are used to capturing the voice and telling the story in the best way possible, but you're able to tell it in more of a long form than the soundbite that social media offers. Do you kind of agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a huge part of of the service that we can provide and help. You know, there's always going to be more to this story, and it's easier to take something out of context in that way. And there's, you know, it's always more to to be able to say. And also gives athletes an opportunity to like think about what they said and make sure it's what they meant. Um, So yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Look ahead two years. Where is the Players Tribune in two years? Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think that hopefully we continue to grow and diversify our content and, you know, we have more athletes that have contributed. You know, I think a huge part of where we'll be in the next few years will be on the development side and the production side and focusing on original programming. Um, so I think that'll be exciting. And, and yeah, hopefully as we grow globally, it becomes something that, you know, I, we want people to have wake up every day and want to check out the Players Tribune. All right. Coming up on May 22nd, we are so pleased to be returning back to the Players Tribune for the Sports PR Summit presented by the Players Tribune. And we've got another great lineup. David Fisdale, as luck would have it, is now the head coach of the New York Knicks, so he won't have to go far to the Players Tribune for his conversation with me that day. We've got Michael Vick, and I'm so excited about Michael coming, Jamie, because, you know, here's someone who spent 554 nights in prison. He was at the top of the food chain as far as marquee athletes. He had to pay $32 million back when he got out of prison. So he's been to the top. He went back down to the bottom, and he's on his way back up to the top again. And to hear from him versus a PR person or one of his agents, I think is going to be really Enlightening, And then Jamel Hill, and she's had a very interesting last uh, year as well. So that'll be great. And then we've got the Players' Tribune panel, which is always one of the highlights of the event where you bring in incredible athletes. I mean, you've brought in Isaiah Thomas and Demarcus Ware and Lisa Leslie and, and some other great athletes over the last few years at our event. So I'm excited, and, and I thank you again for uh, being our presenting sponsor and our host. Absolutely. No, we love this event and we're thrilled to have you guys at our offices in New York and can't wait to hear the panels and be a part of it. So thank you. So how is uh, L.A. compared to New York? I think, you know, I went to Loyola Marymount in Los Angeles and I love L.A. and New York. Pros and cons to both. But uh, how are you adjusting to uh, life in Los Angeles? Um, It's not bad. (laughs) (laughs) We're in in Santa Monica. So... um, yeah, no, it's great out here. I mean, the content business is in L.A., to be honest, so it's been terrific just getting to know the landscape even better and being out here. Um, but the weather is also incredible, and it's been, yeah, pretty happy to be out. I'm still going back and forth to New York a lot, but it's nice to be out here. So that's interesting that you say that, the content business is in L.A. versus New York. I think that would surprise some people. Why? Well, listen, it's in both places, but I think that, I feel like New York is more where the media business is, and I think the concept business is more in Los Angeles. It's in mm. both places for sure, but there's a, a lot of, you know, I think in Los Angeles it's a lot more immersive with regards to content creators, content, the marketplace. Um, I just think the landscape is more robust out here, and it's a little bit, it's more of the day-to-day. Um, but it's certainly in both places. Well, Jamie, I can't wait to see you on May 22nd at the Players' Tribune in New York. 
and uh, the Sports Jamie PR here. Summit. Yeah, it's going to be great. Jamie Messler, president, co-founder of the Players Tribune. You can follow her on Twitter at jmessler. Follow the Players Tribune on Twitter at Players Tribune. If you have not checked out the Players Tribune, which I can't imagine that you haven't, but if you haven't, Check them out because they're doing amazing things. And, uh, you know, I read it every day, Jamie, and I follow you guys on social. And I'm just so proud of uh, you and the work that you're doing. And like I said at the beginning of the interview, courageous step that you took to start this. But it's worked out pretty darn well for you so far. So congratulations. No, thanks, Brian. I really appreciate it. You've been a great friend to us. So thank you. I'll see you soon. See you soon. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Reserve your spot for the 2018 Sports PR Summit presented by the Players' Tribune on Tuesday, May 22nd at the Players' Tribune headquarters in New York City. The Sports PR Summit brings together elite athletes, national media members, and senior PR and social media executives for panel discussions, featured conversations, and networking opportunities. The event allows PR execs to lead with a better understanding of the elite athletes, owners, commissioners, and national media people they're working with. The event also allows attendees to see Derek Jeter's one-of-a-kind digital publishing company, The Players' Tribune, up close, as well as network with top Players' Tribune executives. Passports PR Summit speakers include NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman, NASCAR legend Jeff Gordon, Miami Dolphins owner Stephen Ross, NFL stars Anquan Bolden and Demarcus Ware, Cleveland Cavaliers all-star Isaiah Thomas, WNBA legend Lisa Leslie, ESPN reporters Tom Rinaldi and Jeremy Schapp, and Sports Illustrated executive editor and 60 Minutes correspondent John Wartime. The Sports PR Summit has sold out each of its first five years, and there are only 125 spots. Reserve your spot today by going online to sportsprsummit.com. Follow the Sports PR Summit on Twitter and Instagram at Sports PR Summit. I hope to see you on May 22nd at the Players' Tribune in New York City. Bringing you up to speed on the latest breakthroughs in the world of sports. Let's enter the Technology Lab. My guest is Doug Lauder. He is the Senior Vice President of Business Development for Boingo. You can find him on Twitter at Doug Lauder. You can find Boingo on Twitter at Boingo. They work with many sports venues to provide connectivity. They're our partner on the Sports Business Radio Roadshows. Soldier Field for the Chicago Bears, Phillips Arena for the Atlanta Hawks, Vivint Smart Home Arena for the Utah Jazz. They work with a number of college facilities, University of Arizona, University of Nebraska, Houston, and Gonzaga. They also provide connectivity for over 45 airports. Doug, thanks for joining us on Sports Business Radio. How have you been? Good, Brian. Thanks for having me. So since we talked last time, it seems like every time we talk, there's like all these big technological advancements. This is all moving so quickly. But I know one of the big buzz technology trends right now is 5G. Why don't we start with just give us a simple explanation of what is 5G? Okay, 5G is the fifth generation of wireless networks. So going going back to what the early wireless networks were, you know, coming back to probably 2007, we were in 3G, which was mostly low packet data. We could trade text messages, maybe do some very slow internet surfing. 4G came along, that's LTE, the fourth generation network. That really empowered and enabled the smartphones that we all covet and love to really do the things that we do with them today, uh, which is, you know, good speeds, not perfect, but good speeds, and, you know, allowed us to really start using the mobile apps social media, all those great things. But 5G is really what's coming next. And 5G is going to be a really big paradigm shift. And what 5G is is really going to do is not just enable phones, right? Because phones are what we use today. It's the billions and billions of other devices that are going to connect to the networks that make our lives a lot easier, whether it's self-driving cars, uh, all the smart home devices in your house, um, artificial intelligence, smart everything, right? So it's, it, it's really a platform and a mechanism for making our lives a whole lot easier. And so 5G is going to be really, really great. And, and to your point, it's, it's moving so quickly and this, these technologies move so fast that it's, it's really fascinating to watch and be a part of. So I saw your CEO do an interview, I think it was on Fox News, and he said that 5G increases capacity by 100 times and speed by 10 times. So I'm thinking at sporting events, you know, we're seeing things like the virtual reality goggles and you've got a lot of people on their devices in a confined space. So those extra speeds and the extra capacity, I would imagine is going to be really helpful. Yeah, 
I think from a team venue perspective, the idea of making a more personalized contextual experience for every user because you're able to connect with that user, not just with the bigger pipes, right? So you can push data in bigger quantities to the end user. They can consume that data. They can push data back to you in bigger quantities. And whether it's the user making decisions of what data they want or you making decisions of what data you want to push to the user, those big pipes will really become important. And the other thing that's going to be really important is the experience of the game. So as of the Dodgers game, two nights ago, they lost in extra innings, but uh, going to the game was incredibly old school, right? We, we drove there. We queued in a really long line to pay someone cash to park, no credit card but cash, and then got in the game, waited in line to have someone scan our ticket. The delay between when they scanned my ticket to when the beep went off was maybe, you know, half a second or maybe two seconds. We still queued in line to get a soda and a beer. Then we had to go find our seats. It was just very, you know, old-fashioned, I'd say, compared to what the expectation could be or what the technology will do. And so having that much connectivity will not just enable you to make a better experience for the end user with their device, but also the plethora of other devices and smart things that can connect that will allow you to just walk right in instead of waiting in line, drive right in instead of waiting in line, find your seat, you know, through some sort of, you know, clever wayfinding or queue management. So there's so many different things that the technology will enable more than just content. I saw a story about a guy, this is totally off topic, but he is like a season ticket holder for one of the soccer teams that plays in London. And he has the barcode for his season ticket tattooed on his body. So all they have to do is scan his tattoo and he gets into the games because he's a season season ticket holder. So there's the future right there, right? You, you, the scanning of the tattoos for the barcode and you get right in and you probably get your drinks and all that stuff. But I agree with you. What you just described, totally old school experience. When is 5G going to launch? Like when are we going to really start experiences across the board so people aren't like, oh, this is kind of a novelty. It's new. So I can't imagine he gets the barcode uh, tattooed on his body because he hasn't been drinking before the game. (laughs) Wants to make sure he, you know, doesn't forget anything. And the other thing I would say is 5G may actually make that barcode irrelevant. He may look like a relic in a barcode. Oh, bad news for him. Yeah. So I think you know there's there's a lot of technologies that do sensing. There's a lot of technologies that 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 will allow the stadiums to do all the things that we talked about, right? Make it a more contextual experience. Um, walking in without having to pull out a ticket at all, right? You know, just going through some sort of security apparatus and then walking right in without any ticket, you know, because, you know, you've got something on your phone that's emitting a signal that it knows that you're there. Um, you know, very similar to what, you know, if you think about what you do with keyless entry in a car, right? You walk up to the car, you open the door, it just opens for you. Uh, and now there's home locks that do the same thing. You know, there's no reason why that can't be done at a stadium. And, and that's kind of a minor case. And you do see some of the more forward-thinking stadiums and, you know, some teams with bigger budgets trying to implement some of these things. But, you know, it becomes really challenging because the, the limitation really is in the connectivity. It's in the technology. Uh, so it's, it's trying to make technology work without the kind of infrastructure there and available that's designed to make those things work. So trying to make it work today with 4G networks, you can do it. It's just very expensive and very difficult. 5G will become so fast with really low latency and so ubiquitous that all these things, the use cases will just be immense. So it'll be a, a, a really good opportunity for the teams and the technology partners of those teams to create some really unique tools, really unique experiences, and really the sky's the limit with innovation. So I just mentioned some of your clients, Soldier Field, Philips Arena, Vivint Smart Home Arena. Do you go to them now and say, okay, 5G's coming, we need to do an upgrade. And what about getting some of your arenas who aren't clients of Boingo and saying, look, we can help you. The thing that's great about you guys when I've talked to your venues that you work with is you're really kind of agnostic. You'll you'll work with any of the carriers. You're kind of Switzerland on the deal. You'll come in and provide all the connectivity, but you'll work with all of the different cellular carriers. Maybe you can explain that for people who may be listening to this going, you know what, my venue needs what Boingo can provide. And yes, we want to be 5G. So we're in the latest, greatest version of all of this. 
Yeah, so you said at the top of our conversation that every time you're talking to us, uh, there's a new technology, there's a new buzzword, a new acronym, new alphabet soup, whatever the case may be. And, you know, our job as technology partners is to know what's coming, understand what the, the next wave of technology is going to bring, you know, make the venue as future planned as possible. I hate the word future proof. There's not really anything that's future proof, but try and plan for what's coming based on what we can see that's on the horizon. And we'll implement a connectivity solution for a stadium, amphitheater, arena, airport, convention center, you name it, that will provide a platform for the venue to implement whatever technology solution they want. Right? So we're not trying to, to force any kind of technology on anyone, but the plumbing, the pipes, the connectivity is really what we specialize in. So we come in, we'll outfit the stadium arena amphitheater with a really, really robust wireless network. Uh, it'll include anything from cellular to Wi-Fi to you know, planning for future technologies and frequencies that are going to be out in soon. And, you know, then once the connectivity is in place and the venue is wired, then they can, you know, deploy those technologies like mobile ticketing with their partner of choice, mobile concessions with their partner of choice, uh, whatever they can, you know, conjure up in their minds. And it's, it's really quite interesting because I think outside of, you know, Silicon Valley, you know, having worked with, with a lot of sports teams, the, the sports teams, the sports industry is so innovative and what they do and what they plan and how they engage fans, it is, you know, it is survival for them, trying to create this experience for, for fans to show up. And so you know, we don't want to limit that creativity. We don't want to limit that innovation. We want to enable it. Yeah, I mean, look, a few things. One, a lot of the teams now, especially the NBA teams, are owned by people who have a tech background. So the good news for you guys is they get it. They see where this is going. Like, they come from Silicon Valley. They understand all of this. But as you just said, too, like all of these teams are looking for ways to create new revenues. And by having this technology and having the connectivity and being able to do mobile ticketing and mobile concessions and making the in-venue experience better for the customers, you're actually showing these teams how they can make additional revenue. So that not only covers the cost of the investment for you guys to provide the technology and connectivity, but they can make a profit off of it. And, and it's really, it's about entertaining the fan at the venue now. Cause there's, I always tell people there's so many, uh, there's such competition for the leisure hour now that you really have to go to these extra lengths in order to get fans to come to your event, right? Yeah. And I think Tom Brady had a decent quote about this a few weeks ago when he was asked about, you know, the declining ratings on, on NFL. And he said, you know, I don't think it's because the product has changed or because there's any controversy there. I think it's just because there's so many other options today, right? Technology has enabled us to have choices, and some people are making choices not to engage. And because of that, you have to counter in kind. You have to respond with technology. You have to respond with a different experience, a more unique experience, a more differentiated experience. And I don't think sports has lost its love here in America at all, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I do think that the game day experience, if it's not updated and made more relevant, especially for the younger generation, I think it's going to be difficult for them to compete for their mind share. And so I think it's, it's, it's two parts. It's, it's survival, right? You kind of have to do it to compete in the new marketplace. And yes, there are plenty of rent opportunities, right? How many times have you been at a game and not gone for another beer in the sixth inning because the line was too long? Or you walked past and thought, oh, I'd go for a beer, but eh, the line's too long. Or, you know, you, you may be walking past the dugout store and decide, oh, man, I could really go for a hat, but there's too many people in there. I'll just come back later, and then you never make it back. So I think there's revenue that's lost that they're not capturing, whether it's paying for an upgrade because there's, you know, seats in the front that are not being used or all the things that we already talked about. I think it's, you know, part survival and part revenue opportunity. Are there any other favorite use cases that you have that 5G will enable? You know, I'm still a huge fan of AR and VR. Uh, I I think the you know the, the the augmented reality experience of you know holding up your phone and you know getting you know real time stats over the player's head or kind of holding it up as the player is running for a touchdown and seeing kind of how fast they're going and what their heart rate is like that to me is really fascinating. And then coming up with some sort of virtual reality experiences, those are great. Um, I, I think from a team and owner perspective you know, using augmented reality to try and capture revenue, 
uh, from, you know, concessions. You know, if I'm sitting in my chair and I see someone walk by who's got, you know, a jersey on that I really like, if I could hold it up and say, what is that jersey? How do I get it? And suddenly it's, you know, delivered to my seat five minutes later. I think that's, that's really cool. And I think that's really clever. Um, I do love the idea of just being able to walk into a stadium and having some sort of, you know, personalized experience where, you know, my phone just starts, you know, telling me the best way to get to my seats, my food's waiting for me at my seat, all those, all those sorts of things I think would be really interesting. Well, as you've said before on this show, 80% of consumers use their mobile phones during sporting events. And if they can't get connected, they leave by halftime. So it's an expectation now every bit as much as there's restrooms and there's concessions at the venue. What else are you guys working on besides 5G that uh, that we could talk about? Yeah, so uh, I think working with, you know, our, our business can, is uh, Wi-Fi, it's cellular, and so working on kind of all the convergence of the different technologies between Wi-Fi and cellular. Uh, so Wi-Fi, we all know it, we use it at home, we use it when we travel on our laptops. Uh, cellular kind of behaves a bit differently, it's LTE, it's on your mobile device. Uh, today, when you connect to Wi-Fi on your mobile device, you can't connect to cellular at the same time. Uh, it's kind of one or the other. Uh, but the technologies that are coming down the pipe are going to kind of bridge that and al- allow the technologies to work more seamlessly together. Uh, there's also newer technologies that are going to come out as more spectrum becomes available. There's uh, CBRS spectrum, millimeter wave, and really all these different technologies are going to combine into 5G and allow the device to make really smart decisions about where to find bandwidth, uh, whereas today the devices kind of just go with whatever it's connected to. And so that's that's another promise of 5G is bringing lots of different technologies, lots of different platforms together, converging them all together, all, you know, kind of transparent to the end user. The end user doesn't know the chaos that's kind of going on behind the scenes. They're just very aware that they're getting a really good, rich experience. And so that's really what we're working on is how are the networks going to converge? How are they going to support that 5G experience? And, and, and how are we going to keep up with the demands of the end user? Doug, how can people get in touch with you if they say, hey, we want to talk to Boingo about providing services for our venue? Uh, well, they can go visit us at boingo.com. They can email me at dlauder at boingo.com, D-L-O-D-D-E-R at boingo.com. Uh, or they can see us when they travel at any one of the 45 airports or any of the stadiums or arenas that you mentioned. Yeah, I mean, when I'm in airports now, it's an absolute must that I'm using Boingo to connect. It's great. Uh, you know, I got to go to Soldier Field within the past year for the first time and see your work there firsthand. And it's amazing that's such an old venue, but the work you guys did there to make it a modern venue as far as connectivity is is fantastic. So that's fantastic. And uh, Vivint Smart Home Arena, I've been there as well. So, you know, I, I'm seeing your work as I travel and... You guys do such a great job, and it's wonderful to have you as a partner on the Sports Business Radio Roadshows. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate that. Sad to see the Jazz go out in the playoffs, uh, but they got a bright young future. Looking forward to seeing the Bears this season. Definitely making some trips out there. I think uh, the Kenny Chesney concert is in July again, so we'll be out there for that. Yeah, it's it's a great place to be. It's, uh, it's, a, it's always a lot of fun, and it's great to work with innovative people who really want to make things uh, really unique and experiential. Doug Lauder, the Senior Vice President of Business Development for Boingo. Follow him on Twitter at Doug Lauder and follow Boingo at Boingo on Twitter and their website is Boingo.com. Doug, thanks again. We'll catch up soon. Thanks, Brian. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. I'll be right back. Sports Business Radio is sponsored by Boingo Wireless, the largest operator of indoor wireless networks in the U.S., Today's sports fans expect strong, fast mobile connections at their favorite stadiums. Research shows that fans will leave at halftime if they cannot get connected, which is part of the reason why professional and collegiate sports venues alike work with Boingo to manage their wireless networks. As the world's leading connectivity expert, Boingo knows how to make a venue's vision for the connected fan experience a reality. They are the only company that can provide end-to-end wireless service so teams can focus on the big game, not on their network. Boingo designs, installs, and manages Wi-Fi and cellular networks at university stadiums like K-State and the University of Houston and major league venues like Soldier Field, Phillips Arena, and Vivint Smart Home Arena. We're excited to showcase how technology is changing the business of sports, led by companies like Boingo. Boingo connects you to the people and things you love, like sports. 
For more information, visit boingo.com or email sports at boingo.com. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. Thanks to our friends at Boingo Wireless for powering our Sports Business Radio Roadshow. Follow them online at boingo.com or on Twitter at Boingo. Thanks to our friends at MKTG. You can find them on Twitter at MKTG. Their website is MKTG.com. They're a global lifestyle marketing agency, 33 offices in 19 countries, a leading sports sponsorship and activation agency. Make sure to check them out at mktg.com. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand via podcast. Go to iTunes, type in Sports Business Radio, rated in the top 50 business news podcasts. You can also find our show on Audio Boom via the TuneIn Radio and Stitcher apps, and, of course, at sportsbusinessradio.com. Follow me on Twitter in between shows at SB Radio. Follow us on Instagram at sportsbusinessradio. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio is brought to you by MKTG. MKTG is a leading global lifestyle and marketing agency with 33 offices in 19 countries, including sports centers of excellence in New York, Paris, Madrid, Melbourne, and Tokyo. MKTG specializes in delivering strategic business-oriented marketing solutions for leading brands via sport and entertainment marketing, live experiences, retail marketing, hospitality, B2B engagement, and sponsorship marketing. Visit the MKTG website at mktg.com and review their insightful findings as part of their Decoding 2.0 study. Decoding 2.0 solidifies the need for a shift in thinking when selecting and marketing sport and lifestyle sponsorships. This unique study arms brand marketers with the quantitative data they need to specifically target those consumers most open to brand messaging and sponsorship, as well as provides a specific roadmap that identifies those tactics likely to produce the most receptive fans. Until now, the sponsorship industry has focused more on fan passion and avidity to identify sponsorships and develop activation strategies. Decoding 2.0 reveals the need to also understand the importance of fan receptivity. Follow MKTG on Twitter at MKTG. We'll bring MKTG's expertise to life during future segments on Sports Business Radio, so stay tuned for those.